All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast. As I mentioned in the last podcast, Jordan is enduring a very uh, busy and stressful period in his career. Uh, he's done some amazing things, though. So support him in any way you can. If you're not already a patron, uh, think about uh, donating to his Patreon. Now, he was willing to uh, record some podcast, but it sounded like he was so under the pump. And as you've also heard in recent episodes, he's a workaholic and he probably needed a bit of time to focus on all the unfounded journalistic attacks that are coming at him. So what I decided to do was I have a special guest for two weeks. Um, this man, you uh, if you listen to his other podcast, you would know him. But if you listen to our podcast, Jordan has made reference to him multiple times. His name is Miss Love. And he has uh, talked about how you are an extremely positive Fun, happy guy. He's talked about how you've been homeless in in Europe. Um, yeah. oh, what else? He he went on uh, that uh, fateful trip to the Blue Mountains, doing mushrooms with you. Hell yeah! So uh, yeah. I'm sure our avid listeners would uh, know all about you. Yeah, that's good to it's good to uh, to find that out. Yeah, but now <laughs> we're. Gonna get an actual taste of um, yeah. I I hope I can, you are. I hope I can live up to the uh, the hype. I feel like I, I feel like you know, I'll just come on and, like start smoking cigarettes. Be like ah, global warming. It'll just be really negative and <laughs> just do, <laughs> just be the opposite to what he said. Just like everything sucks. You know. No, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, he. Um, thanks for having me though. No, that's all good, yeah, man. It's lovely to be here. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, and um. Thank you guys as well for still supporting and listening to the podcast. Uh, this will be for two episodes and then we'll be right back in the thick of it with uh, with Jordan. Um, also, a quick announcement. I, uh, If you're in Sydney, I'm doing a weekly stand-up slash improvisation show every Thursday. Uh, tickets are only $20. Limited seats available, obviously, because restrictions are still quite heavy. So go to neilandfriends.com. If you want to get tickets to that, it's a great night out on a Thursday. But Miss Love, uh, mm -hmm. tell me first a little bit about yourself and then <laughs> how do you know Jordan and in what capacity do you work with Jordan and also your friendship with Jordan? So just give yeah. us a little bit of a background about you. and For sure. Um, okay. Well, I met Jordan in high school. Mm -hmm. um, oh, God. I gotta think about it. I, I don't look. I couldn't tell you exactly when, but basically, uh, we were. He was kind of like a class clown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not hard to believe. He's talked about that. Uh, <laughs> Has we, did, he? we did a whole episode psychoanalyzing our childhood. Whoa! And so we go into great depth about why we think we adopted the class clown persona. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That that I'm gonna definitely check that out because that would be very interesting. Very interesting. But um. Because, yeah, I was sort of similar. I was sort of the class clown too. Okay. Um, but I think that he was a little more dedicated to the <laughs> to He's the craft a, of being the clown. You know what I mean? Definitely made a great career out of it. Yeah, exactly. Made a huge name for himself, especially yeah. recently. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. But um, And we'll get into that as well. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, not just the, what he himself is enduring, but the events surrounding that and the media landscape we'll uh we'll get into that as well yeah man definitely um 
but yeah, basically, yeah. So we, yeah, I mean, our, to be honest, our whole year at school, uh, I don't know if you would have talked about it, but our whole year at school was kind of like quite a, just an interesting mish, mishmash of um, uh, creative kind of crazy people, I suppose, because it was a, uh, you know, it was a performing arts school. Okay. It sort of had that vibe. But yeah, basically, um, look, we, you know, he was just like another one of my mates from school that was like a funny guy. And then <clears throat> to be honest, after school, there was, we would see each other here and there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you weren't nah, super close friends. We were in high school. Okay. There was different groups, you know how it is, but like we were, yeah, yeah but we were in high school. We were, we were close. And like, what was he, so you say he was the class clown, but yeah. um, can you go into any more detail about maybe his reputation in high school or? Look, in all honesty, he <laughs> he was kind of he was kind of um, expose him. Come on, Miss Love, <laughs> bring out the gossip. Think. I'm trying to. Well, I, I need some gossip. I'm a okay. secret uh, News Corp journalist. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's I want right. to find out the dirt. He wasn't very good at ball sports. There you go. Front page news, Daily <laughs> Telegraph. He couldn't catch a footy that well. Um, but yeah, he was pretty shit, like crap at sport. But uh, <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no real goss. I mean, like honestly, like what it, he was like. Not to not to sort of downplay his uh, like talent or anything, I think that came after school. Like it was more apparent, but essentially he was. We we were lucky that we had this long line of characters in our year, and actually okay. I think that's what allowed him to sort of actually create. Because half the characters he has, like Yilmaz and all these guys, these are real people. Mm, so I've heard completely like accurate, like just basically he's just doing like he's just being like uh, you know a biographer of these characters and then you know interesting sort of maybe somewhat exaggerate yeah actually not even hardly even exaggerating so um it's not that in high school it was like he's gonna be great it was more that like after high school i think he sat down and actually realized i'm he almost was like i need to um document these characters and also i think he was like these characters are gold yeah you know like they're um they're just like so funny, and I'm actually I was really, I'm really glad that he's done that because otherwise, everyone has characters in high school and they have these people that they run into and grow up with. But then, you know, so most people become bankers. That's true, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure there'd be some characters there as well. Oh, for sure. Oh, especially at a performing arts high school. Yeah, man. Yeah, there were a mishmash of uh, very interesting, easily satirized people. Yes, yes, like very exactly, exactly like that, exactly right, and you know. If I catch up with friends from school, like we can spend like two nights just like reminiscing. Yeah. Um. So you know, in terms of high school, like you know, he was yeah that he he'd do he was just like anyone else, like you know, dropping his pants a lot, gags and stuff, taking taking the piss. Nice. Nice. Um. But then yeah, it was really after high school. What happened and, was and just quickly was yeah, yeah, yeah. was he uh, as political as he is now in high school? No. no no way okay i had no idea that like i mean look no one was i don't think anyone okay. was yeah the most the most the most political we got was like in year 12 i'm a bit older than you yeah in year 12 it was kevin 07 okay and like the most political anyone got was like you know wearing the Kevin O Seven shirt and like yeah that's all I <laughs> that's all I remember wow I, like okay. I think everyone had uh, they just sort of supplemented what their parents told them mm -hmm. you know so my my understanding of pol 
politics in Australia was what my parents told me, which was like, John Howard's great. Labour are communists. That's how I was raised. Okay. Liberal voting parents, you know. So, what I find really interesting is that very slight generational gap. So, Mm. we were in high school in the 2000s. I mean, I went into the um, very early 2010s, but politics wasn't something most teenagers were interested in. Mm. Um, There were a few issues a few hot button issues that people would discuss and mm-hmm. would talk about. And we had a general idea about what was going on federal politics at least, but at least from what I can see online, yeah, teenagers today are very politically engaged. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that because um, first of all, there's a big difference between say a 13 year old and a 19 year old, but yeah. Um, when you are that age, you haven't really formulated your, your your thoughts, your opinions, your values, and I'm only speaking from personal experience here. So I don't think I would have been able to make a accurate and definitely nuanced uh, judgment about politics. And whatever opinion I would have had about politics at that time, I'm sure uh, at this age I would have looked back on and thought, no, I wasn't as informed as I could have been. Definitely, yeah. But at the same time, I can't see how it's a bad thing that young people are a lot more engaged in um, the day-to-day workings of politics in the way that it will invariably affect their life, their parents' lives, and their, the the community they live in. So, yeah, I think I think it's good to be engaged, you know. But look, at the same time, I think that. Um, you know, personally anyway, like I'm just not going to listen to anyone under 20. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to listen to anyone under 30, really. Yeah, because, you well, know, I'll like... I'll take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, I'll listen, I mean but... of course I'll listen. I'm not saying I wouldn't listen. It's just like, I think that, like you said, there's something to be said about... It's just, it's just, I don't know. The older I get, the more I sort of am of the school of thought that like you have to go through things, you have to experience life and, you know... I'm not saying people should have a PhD in politics. I mean, I no. sure as hell don't by any standard. Neither do I. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think yeah, I think that like generally, you know, you got to go through what you're going to go through, and then maybe you start to go through when you start to get in your twenties. You start to maybe get a you've just had more experience, so you can make a better judgment on things. You know? Absolutely. And also, I think the reason kids are like that is just social media. It's not their fault. I think it's a big thing. Yeah. Don't, don't you think? And the politicization of everything yeah. that seems to have... Uh, I'd hate to be a kid now. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? It doesn't look as fun as it was. No. Um, but I wouldn't say it was because of Trump, but through social media, I think everything slowly became very highly politicized and mm. everyone's becoming more tribalistic than at least... <clears throat> yeah. Well, they didn't seem to be uh, when I was younger. Maybe they were and... People always talk about certain times in history where, well, at least Americans were at each other's throats. So yeah. maybe it's not as bad as as we perceive. But anyway, I just thought that was um, that's an interesting point that he was. So he, he he at least didn't seem to be political in high school. No, no, exactly, he wasn't. But then what what he told me uh, was so yeah we we. Being the way, I suppose the way like Newtown was, it was like pretty, everyone 
would come and study there from all around Sydney. Yeah. So uh, it wasn't particularly strange for um, you to not see your mate for a couple of years, and then it's like you've seen each. It's like it's been yesterday. So we okay. were kind of we were kind of like that, I guess. I've got other friends like that too, and um. So yeah, I would basically I'd, in terms of the history, I'd see him here and there uh when he was studying at unsw and basically he basically invite me over uh once every blue moon to like eat korean food with like korean exchange students that, nice. he, that he exclusively seemed to hang out with and they were to be honest they were probably just too scared to say like eh. We don't know this guy. Could, they were probably too polite. Like he was just saying, they're just being like, I'm going to make bim bim bap. And they're like, uh, I don't want to lose my like scholarship here. So I'll just let this go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I don't know. It was, I, I'm just trolling him. But like, uh, basically it was that for a while. Wow. And then he started doing his videos. I still remember. I still- sp- Honorary Korean. Yeah, totally. Honorary Korean. That, that should be on he's, his- He's talked about his- um, That should be on his tombstone. Appreciation. Yeah. For uh, all things Asian. Yeah, he's a... Uh, what Many aspects of his life. Absolutely. He's a... What are they called? <laughs> WAP or something? What are they called when it's like white people that love Japanese culture? Oh, we, weeb. Weeb. Yeah, uh, he's a weeb. Got a bit of yellow fever. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, there's, you know, I love Korean food and Korean people are really nice. So, it's all good. But uh, basically, uh, what was they saying? Yeah. So, he got to... Um, I just specifically remember there was years where he wasn't going out to parties and stuff. And he basically just had like, you know, post-it notes on his wall just being like, you know, just sort of like the Tony Robbins sort of like, you are great. Like God's delays are not God's denials. That vibe. Super interesting. Because this would have been what in his late teens and early 20s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Early 20s. Early 20s. And because I remember one of our early podcasts, he talks about how he never really went clubbing or never went through that party phase. So Yeah. Well, that's what he was doing. I mean, he definitely did do those things he went clubbing here and there well i think those sacrifices are very obviously showing right now hundred look how well read and educated and immensely talented and successful he is compared to (laughs) compared to even me and i'm doing pretty well as well so yeah i wouldn't yeah (laughs) but i I haven't gone clubbing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) maybe i could could collapse a government yeah well dude (laughs) look i honestly yeah that's basically the case it's bizarre um but I remember friends from school were like saying like he's crazy. He was like you know everyone's like going out taking drugs trying to hook up with girls and he was like no sorry actually no. working hard. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah he's yeah. the crazy one. Yeah, okay, everyone was yeah, just fine. saying like he's crazy. Like he's nuts. He just like he's in his little cave there and all he does is read and then like you know boom fast forward like I don't know 5 years and he's just from you know consistently putting out YouTube videos he's just yeah. killing it. So and then he did tell me that I think it was Tom from the old pod who I never met was the one I think sort of that sort of said, look, you're into politics. Maybe you should start like, you know, wear wigs and like, <laughs> you know, pull your pants down and stuff. But like maybe you can like integrate like Australian politics because it's a niche sort of thing. And then I think he was... He, really? Yeah. And then he started to run with that. Wow. Yeah. I, that, I mean, I'm not... I'm sure that you know, it, it's entered his mind, but I think that he sort of was like, maybe like coaxed that idea and then he started rolling with that. And then, yeah, that was that was it, man. Interesting. That was it. Okay. <clears throat> it's a good little uh, backstory. Yeah, I can't give you any goss. Friend. I can't yeah. give you any goss other than like- Sorry, Rupert. 
(laughs) whatever like daily telegraph journalists are gonna be inevitably watching this pod trying to find god some um horrible things that he's done here you go not gonna find it here i've got plenty of stuff search me yeah (laughs) actually maybe don't uh how 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 were your uh how was your high school? Oh, I mean, like, did you? Was well, that? Would you say there are like correlations between that? How what I was like saying with our school and yours, or? Um. Oh, no. My school wasn't really like Newtown. Uh, I wanted to go to Newtown. Yeah. So for those of you uh, uh, who might not know, um, Newtown Performing Arts High School is a well, as the name suggests, it's a school dedicated to performing arts in Sydney. And it is also public, but you have to do a test. You have to show some level of competency in yeah. one of the performing art disciplines, or you have to be from the local area. Yeah. Now, my parents being Indian were like, that's absolutely out of the question. <laughs> you stay in the selective school. Uh, so yours was selective? Yeah, we were. I was selective. And, and again, that's a very New South Wales thing. So um, what a selective school is, it's a, it's a government school that you have to do an academic test to get into. So... Uh, it, also, uh, so in many ways, both our schools were selective. Yeah. But uh, you could, you know, just think about an academically selective school versus a school that selects for competency in performing arts. Think about the difference in parties. Yeah. <laughs> think about all the difference in, you know, just the general culture of the schools. It would have been, I imagine, yeah. quite different. Plus, let's be honest, your, yours was the actual, like... Uh, selective one, like out, like out, you know, some kids in ours were like, "I'm gonna play a, uh, you know, like Stairway to Heaven." It's like, "Oh yeah, all right, go on. You look like a homeless person. You know, in you go." Like, like yours was, yeah. I think some, you know, <laughs> it was basically just like kids that thought they were. Some were very talented, but like, yeah. you know, I think yours was like a little more of an accurate. No, that's the funny thing. We were like the lowest of the low when it came to selective schools. Oh really? Yeah, we're the selective school that so. The Asians that couldn't get into the good selective schools came to Caring Bar. And then all the white kids that just happened to do the test yeah. that are smart got into Caring Bar. That's the best way I can put it. That, that's that's kind of like my uh, like my brother went to Morris Brothers in North Sydney. Oh, okay. And that was where I was going to go. But then my mum, you know, you know, bless her, was just sort of like, no, you know, he's... I, I got him for violin. Oh, I played violin, fancy. yeah. And so she was just like, I'm getting him into Newtown. He play, he's a talented little violin player and like i'm stoked she did but um anyway but maris is kind of like <laughs> like in the north shore like i feel like maris is kind of like the it's like oh yeah it's a catholic school and it's like yeah it's not really though is it it's it's nah. it's, it's like a public school <laughs> but they just say it's you know what i mean they catholic say it's catholic schools, uh, i don't so, i um, think catholic schools these days are just catholic in name only I yeah they, there's anything actually they, strictly th- religious i think they them. always were i went to a catholic primary school and i mean like yeah i know my like hail mary's and stuff but yeah you know the hymns but that, that's it <laughs> do you really practice what no the, i don't think uh, anyone did priest tells you to no and again how do you can you take a uh, any mo- can you take them seriously as the moral authority when so many people in positions of power are morally corrupt in the institution of the Catholic yeah, Church? I so. know. I mean, my my grandma's still like a you know devout Catholic. The like, oldies still they they're never giving it up. Nah, hanging on to the Pope's like every word, and I don't know. It's 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 strange. It's a strange thing when you th- when you th- when you over. Th- I don't know. Definitely. Into it, yeah. Um. So let's talk now a little bit about everything going on with uh with jordan in the media yeah. um so you've been 
hanging out with him over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. How's it affecting him personally? Is he handling it? Oh yeah, dude. The guy, the guy could get his uh, legs sawn off, and he'll just be flying around in a wheelchair as if he didn't even know they were gone. Just like, yeah, hey, I'm just, uh, I'm just going to, uh, going to the, some gallery place. Like, it's like, whoa, dude, slow down with the wheels. You're gonna fall. Like, nothing could. I don't think anything could affect him. Like, I feel <laughs> so like you're like, even like some the way you like will transition into that impression. Like, even when you're talking about like, oh, I'll play the stairway to heaven and that. Yeah, I think you've adopted a lot of oh, uh, Jordan's keg characteristics because it sounded very jordan-esque the way you shit were emulating those bro- <laughs> no he ripped me off i was the og one yeah, i just didn't do anything with maybe you did it from you no no that oh, was just out of high school okay it was like there's like 20 kids that would all sound the same oh, it's just that he was the only one with some actual uh right so the high dis- school discipline supposedly we're different unique actually was very conformist yeah probably with mm. each other yeah not surprising yeah <laughs> um so it looks like, but it's yeah. Personally, he's fine. Okay, well that's good to know. I know yeah. he's like I said earlier in the podcast. It sounds very very overworked. He would have done this pod, these podcasts, but yeah, it just he's I more, would have felt bad as a friend making him do these. But we will, uh, you know, eventually I'll get him back on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. I think. Yeah, of course. Um, he's just uh, busy because absolutely. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the shit storm that goes with this. You know. Well, it's it's nothing short of brilliant. What's mm. occurring? This is a man who's just uh, started making videos in wigs in his bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And he may have actually quite literally changed the composition and the direction of a state parliament. I know, man. It's, it's crazy. insane to think about. It is. And I don't even think this is like a left or right issue, right? Because what he's doing is he's using his, well, in many ways, his freedom of speech and he's being quite outrageous with his characters and not kowtowing to political correctness. Mm-hmm. Um, he is competing with larger corporations, but is doing a much more efficient job at it. Yep. So he's competing with these uh, corporate journalists, <laughs> but is uh, offering a better product. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is he's, he's exposing and illustrating, well, so, sort of bringing light in a, in a way that's digestible uh Corruption, right? Yeah, government corruption, government power. Yeah. So in many ways, this is this should be a conservative's wet dream because it's like oh, yeah. an individual competing in a, a free marketplace, putting out a much more efficient product and bringing down a government that has too much power. I know. This is not, if anything, um, people who are supposedly liberal should be on his side. Yeah. So... It still astounds me to this day when people say, oh, Jordan's a communist or he's a socialist <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. Look at the arc of what's going on here. Yeah. There's absolutely. nothing <laughs> there's nothing no. communistic or... I mean, look, I don't have a political science degree and I'm sure many listeners probably will be much uh, more well-versed on that subject than, than I am, but I really can't see how any of this relates to uh, a far left-wing ideology or anything like that. It's amazing how many uh, ideals, quote-unquote, conservatives aren't, uh, you know, like like conservatives aren't very interested in conserving the environment. They're not, they're not particularly, it doesn't seem they're interested in conserving the economy. They're always talking about being like, we're in the black. And it's like, we've been in the red with the libs for, I don't know, like 
I think it's like five years. We're in a recession now. It's like, mm. yeah. I mean, I've I uh, <clears throat> I'm not. I don't, yeah, five years with of what deficit. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, deficit like a, a budget deficit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like not being the surplus, I not mean, being a recession for five years would be pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. No, sorry, that's what I meant. Like a, a not. Just the budget screwed, you know what I mean? They tend, they they they're trying. The libs are tr- uh, have tried to paint themselves as like good economic managers, and you look at their numbers, and it's like, I think you're bad economic managers. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, right? Yeah. Like that's uh. Well, the economics is a uh, that's a different yeah. But no, like story there. But like yeah. what I the cultural ideals mm, that mm, mm. um I think Jordan is clearly no totally a, a, he is um emblematic of right mm. now are ideals that the right should be standing up for, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah anything, absolutely. Right? Because it's, this is a man who's using fr- freedom of speech. Yeah. So that he's not... It, it, for everyone who's talking about cancel culture and political craze, now I know I'm not trying... Uh, you know, when he's back on the podcast, I'll get him to explain it. But um, as far as I can understand, what he was trying to do with that Bruz video is be specifically as offensive and, and use the most uh, racial stereotyping and profiling as possible to make that juxtaposition between, hey, these are this is a comedian mocking someone's culture versus these are the actions of a person who is in power. Yeah, it's genius. Taking um, taxpayer money uh, for his own personal wallet. Not just that, also like water corruption. All of uh, it, yeah. Like all of stitch- it. Yeah, just like. You know, like embezzling money. I mean, like that. Like, yeah, it's wild. Like, I um, I sort of I went to a few. He's got a, some doc mini docos coming out. I went with him to like some regional areas, and like, in terms of corruption and like illegal activity uh, undertaken by the nationals and the councils in mm. those areas, it's like it's like uh, you know, the Godfather style stuff. <laughs> it's exactly. crazy. And this is a government you know? that is to it's it's corruption and it's also just a government uh using their power for nefarious means right so mm. i don't see how you, like you say right these people who have conservative values should be on his side it doesn't seem to me like there's been has there been a lot of um people coming out against him that are that call themselves like i'm i'm almost no but it's always this kind of it's like, this tribalistic mentality where yeah. no i just i'm just on this i'm with this party and then I don't think people actually stick to an ideology, yeah. right? I mean, essentially, essentially, what's happened with all that is uh, the Telegraph or whatever it was. It's, it, it was a Murdoch paper. It was just an attempt at a hit piece because when someone when they wanted to destabilize someone, they yeah. hit them with the, uh, the the. There's a checklist of tropes. There, it's either like they call them sexist, racist, whatever ism. They just whack that onto them. And then it try it's they're trying to um, delegitimize his character so that everyone can overlook the actual the substance, substance yeah mm. of the points which are like mass water corruption uh, council embezzling money um, uh, I, I, it's, uh, so many things that he's done I can't even care like I, I I can't even remember now but it's like essentially uh essentially like completely raping the country yeah the, the, the regional australia just destroying it like stripping completely just destabilizing yeah. the the the, the re, uh, regional these regional australia areas complete corruption um 
and all just sort of like backroom deals of like just just run by lobbyists. So like right. uh, pork barreling, which is just giving uh, like, oh, yeah, my mate's got this block of land here. So like I will do some backdoor deals to make sure he gets the right to do what he wants to do. Just taking care of your friends. Yeah. yeah. Just doing the opposite of what a public servant should basically be doing. So basically they've they've tried to um, smear him. But because he's got because he's playing 4D chess, you know, he's recording uh journalists and then releasing yeah like releasing the footage uh after the fact to to sort of like make it just delegitimizing them. Like basically he's just not playing the game that like the mainstream ask, uh, that people usually play. And I think he's just going to Unless they kill him, it's going to be fine. He's just going to keep winning. Yeah. Because the, there's no... Yeah. And the genius of it that makes him particularly impenetrable is for so long, those publications, namely the Daily Telegraph, mm. they've been the ones saying political correctness has gone too far. People are too sensitive. Everyone yeah. gets labeled a sexist and a racist. Yeah. So... What he's done that's really I clever is conflated the is two. Use that against them because yeah. then if they come out and say which they have, they say he's racist, he's problematic. Which they didn't use that word problematic. That's essentially what they're saying yeah. about him. Yeah, it shows how disingenuous they really are. Exactly because they then can't stick to their own compass. Yeah, and for so long they've criticized uh, freedom of. Speech, right? yeah, yeah, said freedom of speech is under attack, mm. and there isn't a space for comedians to take risks anymore. Yet, here's a guy who is well, he's utilizing that, uh, the, the uh, mockery of one's culture to make a greater point about how uh, minuscule that is compared to the real, uh, Serious problems yeah, exactly, that are going man. on. Exactly. Like So they're all just hypocrites. Totally. It's so funny to hear like the Sydney Morning Herald or whatever be like, he said bruz, he's a racist. And it's like, what? You guys are upset that this guy's paying out an Italian? It's like that's that's insane to me. Like even even like, you know, the like Wog Boy, the movie or something. Like I don't think that like, you know, Berejiklian would be like, Wogboy is an abomination. Unbelievable. They could they shouldn't call it Wogboy. It's like it's so clearly just um tactics to delegitimize someone. But it's it that's the genius of what he's done. His um what like Jordan is like truly progressive in terms of his what what his uh politics and his his idea on politics is progressive. Mm-hmm. But uh, but as his idea on um society and culture is progressive too. It's not progressive to silence people and censor people and cancel people. That's not progressive. That's like mm-hmm. that's reverting back. Um, like we was, talked about a little bit uh, just before we started. It's like um, so you know his politics are progressive, but then his social ideas are progressive too. It's like you should have the right to offend. You might disagree with something. Yeah, oh, and, absolutely. You know, you might disagree with something, and that's fine. But in a free society. Uh, you should be able to, you know, that's what satire is. So he's really punching on both sides. And it's kind of like, how do you argue against that? You know, it's, 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 he's like this new phenomenon of like, okay, so he doesn't like cucks and he, and he likes Medicare. What the hell? You know, it's usually one yeah. or the other. It's usually, yeah, it's usually people like 
being super progressive socially and then, you know, being progressive economically, let's say, and, you know, they might be like everything, everything is problematic and we live in this postmodern society where uh, there's no such thing as self-determinism. All, all that's important is um, your your destiny is laid out in front of you already. Experience like, is, yeah, like, is the ultimate truth and yeah, all yeah, of that. Yeah, like you, you, you are shaped by your society exclusively and there's parts of that that are true, but it's like to think that is a very postmodern thing but then so there's those people and then on the other side there's usually people that are just like i love reaganomics and i don't like uh and i don't like you know social justice or whatever and jordan has just taken the right the correct side of each of those things yeah and just gone no i like medicare and i like people being able to survive on a wage and i like climate like sensible climate policy and I like good economics and I also like being able to say bras. <laughs> yeah. It's a new thing. It is, like, which is weird when you think about it, but for so long, if you held one view on those contentious issues, You're in the you club. were then grouped in yeah, yeah. with a, a, in a certain orthodoxy on all those issues. Tribalism. It's like, I'm in. It's like, I bought the ticket. This is, I have to do this, 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 this. And it's yeah. like- that's not necessarily like the telltale signs of a free-thinking individual. And it's so childish at the end of the day. Yeah. Because people will tarnish uh, others with this guilt by association nonsense. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I've often talked about on this podcast how there are many things people like Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson and these controversial right-wing figures, things that they say that I agree with. Doesn't mean I agree with everything they say. No. Yeah, and there's I shouldn't even have to add that caveat. I'm sick of yeah. having to add that where yeah. everyone who talks about those sorts of people, they're like, no, I don't agree with everything they say, but he's yeah. right. On no, I'm not even going to say that anymore. Look, they're just right on a lot of things, yeah. in uh, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, like you said, there's no, there's no, like, it's really down to like everyone's individual experience. You know what I mean? It's like, what are your opinions of this person or what they say and that person, what they say? And it's like, you know, you can... um pick and choose and you should have you should be able to make your own judgment on on what they're saying you know mm. what i mean i mean if you look at a lot of a lot of what um jordan peterson says it's like essentially self-help i don't it's not particularly yeah. radical of just no, being I like know. you know like uh you know like organize your backyard before you try to change the world is that a radical thing to say? I don't necessarily. Isn't that? I was I was taught that as a kid. Yeah. Um. People get worried about not necessarily the views that are being espoused, but the audience that it's cultivating. I don't I know. Think I don't know much about it to be honest. Do get a and I don't think it's entirely justified. I again coming back to this idea that just because uh, a group of people that could otherwise be seen as dangerous, like uh, controversial figures views on one particular subject it's not some sort of endorsement of those dangerous ideas mm. so there's just a, a thing they just people need to take a bit of a step back and jordan's a perfect example especially what's happening right now it's a perfect example of this because i just it was what we did a podcast a few months ago about how people will often attack their opponent their ideological opponents on things that they themselves value so I always mm. I made the I made the example of saying that people on let's you know I, we don't like using this left right paradigm but for these culture wars let's say there's the left and the right and the left are generally SJWs 
and then the right, uh, um, you know, not, not soy boys or whatever like that. <laughs> we'll just we'll just yeah. reduce it to that for the sake of this thought experiment. Yeah, but yeah. Um, what often is the case is the people who are anti-SJW will say things like, this guy's a soy boy, he's yeah. a cuck. Whereas to that person, they would almost, regardless of whether they see it as a compliment, they'd at least be indifferent about that because they probably see testosterone as this dangerous fuel that is... Uh, uh, influencing toxic masculinity ev- everywhere. So they're probably proud of the fact that they have less testosterone and they're probably <laughs> proud of the fact that they let their girlfriend, um, that, you know, they're, they're a simp to their girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah. if anything, that's an insight into what that person values, which is uh, masculinity, manliness, resilience. And then this other, the other side of the equation, they're always attacking that side, saying, "Oh, you racist, sexist, any sort of ism," mm. which again, they don't. I think everyone cares a little bit about being labelled a sexist and a racist and things, but yeah, it's yeah, getting to a point where it's the society that cried racist, where everything is bloody racist now. Mm. So it's not; it doesn't have the same kind of venom that attack. So if anything, yeah. the um, the anti SJW person should be saying. No, you're actually the racist. You're the insensitive one. You don't care about artistic freedom, which in many ways there's a there's a clash there, right, between artistic freedom and, and catering to people's sensibilities. So mm. there is ultimately a clash that's going to occur. You can never have this perfect situation. And vice versa, rather than um, labeling the anti-SJW one, this person's racist, sexist, problematic, come out and just be like, this person's an incel, this person's a cuck, this <laughs> yeah. person probably can't get a girl. Yeah. Then that would that would expose them and 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 they'd suddenly be on the back foot. So ironically enough the the way that um these uh more conservative media outlets or definitely the Daily Telegraph that one in particular they're attacking Jordan on something that they've always valued which is uh yeah, anti-PC culture. <laughs> that's so, why, that's why what he's doing is genius. Exactly. He's done that so yeah. well. He's done it so well. It's like I know, I know. I sort of said it before, but like, it's really the easiest way to, you know, summate what he's done is just sort of like common sense plush Medicare. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just you know, like la- labor. <laughs> like, I, I don't consider myself super political, to be honest. I sort of have been more being involved with it, but you know, labor instituted Medicare. That's a fact. The libs wanted to shoot it down and have been, you know, trying to. Libs generally like to privatize and sell things hmm. and uh, piss off public ass- assets and sort of not really function as a government and labor. And I'm not, you know, I don't think labor are perfect either. I don't, but, you know, like generally speaking, in terms of like public funding and those kind of things, labor uh, are for those sort of institutions. So, you know, like you, if you really look into it, it's like, it's pretty simple. It's, it's just, it's, I think. Like you said, it's a problem about looking at labels generally is that like people aren't interested in the nitty gritty. They're not yeah. interested in policy. With- just look at policy and look at what people are saying. Yeah. And with labels, you start to lose the ability to think critically because you're attached to a tribe. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's... I'm very off isms because of Jordan. <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to see a world where there's uh, honorable ideological disagreement. So... There is one side that says, hey, maybe the private sector can solve this particular problem for society better. And then there's another side that says, no, the public sector would be 
uh, much better press solving this problem. And then there's civil discourse and yeah. debate about that without people's characters being called into question yeah. and these unnecessarily malicious, rapacious attacks that seem to be occurring, right? But but that's not... It, it doesn't even seem to be an ideological disagreement here. What it is is an, expo- an expose of actual corruption. So exactly. that's not that's not even that really shouldn't even be a left right now. It's not how you define corruption. Maybe there's some disagreement that can occur there, uh, mm-hmm. but this, at well, least look, from the way he's illustrated it, it's pretty clear cut. Yeah, I like, don't think there's an ideological disagreement about. No, I don't think someone could look at someone that is embezzling money, uh, like using you know pork barreling, like, like basically like defunding every single public institution that they can get their hands on lying i think he lied like lying and, in on in court like and then giving a <laughs> like could a, say that's not <laughs> but giving an inflated uh government contract to your mates there's nothing really free market about that right if it not was at all. truly a, a, a you know a, an honorable person who really stuck to that uh more neoliberal ideology they would at least say all right yes we're not gonna publicly fund this institution but let's have a free market properly compete to offer the best possible service for the general public not oh hey my mate that i went to high school with here's like a hundred million dollars behind the back for you to do it that i'm also a part owner in this company to make some money like that's not it's it's, it's, social- it's not a left right issue. I think it's yeah. actually just an issue of uh, ethics and honor yes. more than anything. They call it it's like uh, socialism for the rich, rugged capitalism for the poor. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that, that. Yeah, and that's sort of like a lot of the. Uh, and like I said, I'm not. I don't. I don't agree wholeheartedly with with any party really. But um, yeah, that's sort of the situation in America. Absolutely. And it's like, yeah, I, I think it's just cool that Jordan can sort of smash up the this idea of like, well, you have to tick all these boxes if you're labor and you have to tick all these. It's really cool that he's kind of being able to, be, you know, be like, no, I, I'm a fan of satire and I'm a fan of legitimate freedom of speech and sort of, and also exercising um, the purpose of satire, which is to like, you know, you know, like there's there's a little a small revolution in every joke. Like you can't like comedy is super yeah. powerful in like changing things and changing perspectives. So that's the point of satire to actually change things. And it's like, he's using the the power of that with actual knowledge of like stuff that anyone could agree is like good policy. You know what I mean? It's just the media. It's just an endless amount of spin. And like, I have a theory about it too. I, I think I, I think like there's, I think I know why, well, they're scared. <laughs> they're, they're losing their power. But like, no, I mean, in a broader sense, in terms of like, um, why society is becoming more tribal, tribal, uh, this tribalism, or whatever you want to call it, this sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, like the the everyone's getting more and more like, uh, sort of like dramatic as they're getting torn apart, like left, more left, right, more right. You know, if you want to go by those terms or whatever. Mm. It was a really good book I read. I can't even remember what it was called, but it was something like the age of. Uh, truth in the age of bullshit i can't remember um and it was written by like some dude from buzzfeed but he's like he was like quite a renowned like he Mm. he like like he always is being like look you can have your 
predispositions about me because I worked for Buzzfeed, but I'm sourcing <laughs> everything here. Yeah. Like he was kind of like yeah, not a douchebag. Look, we'd be do it, we'd be not staying true to everything we've spoken about if we just assume everyone who yeah, exactly. Buzzfeed is exactly, exactly. exactly. Sure. Absolutely, exactly. That the brand of BuzzFeed is definitely uh Exa- exactly, you got to practice. You're completely right. There's a stereotype there, but it doesn't mean everyone conforms to that. Of course. So, anyway, essentially, having read that, um, I really think that it's not even like sure. There's always power plays, and there's always lobbyists and big money in the media, and it's so easy to manipulate those things in the media. But I think, and you touched on it before, the reason for all of this sort of that this change is just social media because yeah without a doubt because people because publications specify like if you click an article you're going to get bombarded with the same style of article you can get bombarded with people it's so much easier to be in your bubble now it's like almost impossible to not uh be in that bubble because of social media it's just the way it is and everything it's getting it seems to be it's getting more and more uh, dramatic in terms of because there was always differences. Let's say in the nineties or whenever. Like the, since there's always been left, there's always been differences. That's normal, but it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I think it's social. Absolutely. I think that's the main reason. I honestly think that's the main reason. Look, humans always existed um, in groups, whether they were small hunter gatherer tribes or larger countries and states aligned through a common narrative. Mm. But now what we're doing is geographically we may be living. Uh, close yeah. to close with people who are in a different tribe. Yeah. Now that was always somewhat true with people who had different religions and things like that. But usually, people who were living in close proximity shared uh, at least a majority or a plurality of cultural narratives mm. that could bring them together. Whereas now, um, I could be living next door to someone who is existing in a very different world. To I am online, yeah, which is such a major factor in influencing our uh, cultural narrative. So that is a, probably a very new phenomenon for yeah, for yeah. humans to be uh, coexisting and living in very, very, uh, in 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 environments where we're not even part of that the same group. Uh, yeah, I think like. It's. I don't think it's not even necessarily that it's like uh, we're not in the same group. I don't think everyone should be like homogenized in some like set like the same group or whatever. I think it's more that um, basically I think the algorithm that each you know each person is hounded with mm. chips away at them. I think that like you're on whatever social media you're on, whatever, however you ingest your media. I think it's good that there's a diversified media now and that there's more voices like like you jordan all of there's so many more options um but like stats have shown that essentially you basically if you okay you believe what you want to believe and you're going to find any information Mm -hmm. out there to justify that belief of course and it's it's all out there and then not only will you find it then the algorithm will start hammering that into you and you you just won't get you won't fucking get out of it it's like probably you know we're all probably exposed to that definitely but that's what i'm saying everyone should it should be an obligation for everyone to sort of try to crack through this bubble that every it's a the odds are against you yeah because if you click an article you're gonna start you're gonna like what you read you're gonna start getting similar suggestions and Mm. you're gonna you're not gonna you know 
and it happens to me too. I'm not going to necessarily go on Vice News or BuzzFeed, but that's not necessarily a good thing either because the idea is to try to really try to get get a varied perspective. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Possible. Exactly. So yeah. that's so I so I think I think it's just going to get worse <laughs> because well, social media is just getting more and more ingrained probably, in yeah. in our lives but but anyway yeah. at least we can try to offer something with this podcast that's yeah hopefully. a point of difference what you want to try to do is be is not just conform to the uh ideas of your political tribe definitely you want know, to you want to you wanna have a point of difference which coming full circle that's what that's what jordan's done so he's um, done yeah yeah i think he has yeah i don't i don't I'm informed enough to have judgments about politics, but I'd never call myself an expert or anything like yeah, that. I always really try to understand the best version of everyone's opinion. So I think there are, if you, if you go through thinking, oh, this one particular side is all stupid and then my side is correct. Look, chances are there's some stupid people on both sides. Yeah, of course. That don't have a very... <clears throat> thorough and complex understanding of the ide- ideology they're espousing, but exposing and destroying them, mm. well, that's easy. What you want to do is listen to the thought leaders on both sides. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think all uh, conservatives are stupid. I don't think all socialists are stupid. I don't think, you know, I no. think there are some stupid conservatives and there are some stupid socialists, but... Like I said, I would love to see a world where there is a. It can be heated, but but civil, respect, respectful, ideological dispute. Definitely, without yeah. characters coming in, you know, pe- people's character coming into question, and all these personal attacks. But then, at the end of the day, humans are messy and imperfect. So yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get to that point, but it I, is very, very. This is a, such a new phenomenon. Mm. And seeing what's occurring with, uh, and one other thing I want to add from the point I was making earlier, where in many ways Jordan is very emblematic of uh, what he's doing is he's. I'll talk to him about this on the podcast as well, but um, I remember I think on a podcast last year we got into a little bit of a discussion about how much an individual can do to affect societal change. Mm-hmm. And I was more on the side of, no, I think an individual can make different. What an individual can do is set an example. Mm. And then if a collection of individuals live by that example, then differences can be made in society. And yeah, this is, if anything, what he's done, it's a testament to the power and the sanctity of the individual. Yeah, yeah. So in many sure. ways, he just is embodying what is supposed to be a the ideas that conservatives stand for. This is why I think that, you know... And when I say, I was going to say they, but when I say they, I don't mean like conservatives. I mean uh, the the media, because the broader problem yeah. here, the broader problem here is that I think apart from Fairfax, which is like Peter Costello runs or has a big share in, mm. Murdoch essentially runs the media landscape. That is uh, not a free market thing either. That is not a vari- there's no variety of media. There's like bought. And pay. There's bought by media that are that are bought and owned by like coal and oil, and I think it's just coal's the big one in Australia. Um, yeah, and like not, you know, I hate to say it, but like, um, it's got not. I don't think it's got anything. You know, obviously the libs tend to 
be lobbied by coal and everything uh, a lot like that's their that's their base essentially um but yeah I, I think that i think that um it's not even accurate saying like calling them conservatives it's just i just think that like the majority of the media in australia like they're kind of the enemy <laughs> that's a big call but like it's just they are like there's no i don't think there's much integrity it doesn't like like put it this way would you agree would you agree that um well there's definitely everyone's self-serving born, like is everyone would you agree that the majority of media outlets in a, like in in australia they are accountable to someone as in a broader sort of uh you know group of people do you know what i'm saying yeah look if we get into the real nitty-gritty details and the underlying factors and the sort of foundations and the influences of corporate media that's not something i'd know a lot about but um i i think it is foolish to to think that all journalists are people of high integrity that will always tell the truth and will never be biased but in the same way i don't think everyone on uh new media is no a saint all at I'm, all, and I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say. I don't know if every. I, I don't think every individual in the legacy or mainstream media can be uh, painted with the same broad brush there. But the institutions themselves, people are definitely losing a lot of faith in them. All All I'm saying is, you know, there's no one on the uh, Daily Telegraph or like the Sydney Morning Herald that can write. They can't just write whatever they want. They can't just expose corruption. They can't do what Jordan does because they get fired. Because oh, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll get so fired. They- they'll just be like, uh, "You can't say that." Uh, I don't know, Adani or whatever you know, sort of uh, institution is, let's say, not economically viable or feasible, mm. or it's gonna, or it's gonna, it's not worth doing. It's like no, like you're gonna get fired if you do that. So mm. like and, and and you know, from my understanding, you know, the only real free press that I this is this is just my understanding. I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I know. I don't know. But from my understanding, the only, there's you got Independent Australia, Michael West, and Friendly Geordies, who really just kind of at this point is like supple. He's kind of just like very similar to that elk. Like he's just sort of like doing what Michael West West does, but with a wig on. <laughs> so like well, and, and because they are literally are public funded they are only publicly funded they're only funded by people like you like for just people you know but that's have, not pub- publicly funded because publicly funded would be the government sorry funding, privately right? funded like, so, but you want to call it private like people well like, it's indi- yeah individually again funded. it's like it, it, this is all <clears throat> the way i interpret a lot of this is like it's an argument for um what should be small L liberal values? I mean, I'd, I'd need to talk to Jordan about that because it's they individuals, are. liberal values, yeah, yeah, who are using their uh, purchasing power to support a well, a small firm essentially that is competing with larger firms, but it's providing a much more efficient product, yes, and winning as a result. Exactly, so, so, it's it's beautiful, and you can make the argument that because power is so consolidated with the billionaires in Australia. And now, lobbyists. Now, lobbyists. Get in, then there's the ideological argument of like how bad is if they've 
if it's a natural monopoly and things like that. But I don't, you know, I like hearing both sides. I don't really know what the answer to that is. Um, Monopolies are never, never good. Yeah, I mean, I I can't see how they would be, but then if a company is just so good that it gets a monopoly, totally, then I get that. I guess no, I no, don't no. know whether I agree with that, but not when it's journalism because they journalists are supposed to their job. It's, I'm not talking about news reporters either. Like a journalist's job is to investigate the truth. Yes, that can't really conflate with a giant oil or a coal company paying your wage it just doesn't work it's it cool for like facebook yeah, and stuff because they're, no, they're not well it's not cool for facebook but it's like it's cool for a monte carlo factory because they're making biscuits who gives a shit but no, like do you know what i'm saying like that's where it that yeah. i have no problem with big business killing it and making money i think that's if that's the free market as well but I can understand you, how there's a conflict of there's interest a massive there, yeah. conflict of interest. they can't they can't write <laughs> dude reading that stuff now like through the lens with Jordan because Jordan's like basically, you know, bloody Neo in the Matrix. He just sees like codes and shit because yeah. <laughs> he's so into this stuff. Even just touched it, even just being involved somewhat. I read the paper now. I'm just like paid by Jane Reinhardt, paid, paid by, you know, I don't know, Clive Palmer, paid by uh, ScoMo, coal, coal, gas, gas, Coca-Cola. <laughs> and it's about a cat right. that they found in a tree. This is yeah. not I, like <laughs> there's a nostalgic factor here, but it's just yeah. it's just crap, I think. And like that's what, that's that's what I think. Do yeah. you think there needs to be laws then that prevent corporations owning media? How because then if because a big media would rely on advertising, advertising. Ad- so ad- advertising. What's yeah. the what's the line? What's the what's the solution? Well, look, I understand what you're saying, um, but if I was really being like. I, idealistic about it you know they shouldn't really advertise because it's the same how do they pay well then how well independent the australia sales, exists from like the sales of the, what would have happened i i get i don't know for this for a fact but i'm yeah. sure uh when newspapers were the main uh source of information for a lot of people people would pay for the newspaper right and that through the collective revenue of everyone paying for the newspaper, I'm sure they could then run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they'd also do advertising. So really the best, I think if you, if, you're, if you need to be a bastion of integrity, you can't rely on a funding source from just one outlet. If you're getting a major portion of your revenue from one giant corporation, then you will be compromised to some degree. But mm. if your revenue is dispersed across millions or thousands of people, whether that's Patreon or just exactly. people buying the paper or subscribers, you're not... Look... Totally. It depend, It it still does depend because then if, say, they've all subscribed to you for a particular viewpoint, but then you've uncovered something that goes against that viewpoint, would they then unsubscribe and then do you have to... But then you have to really ask yourself how... how uh, significantly do i value my integrity exactly like that's a big part of it i think that if you are in the business of what you think is morally right um you you have to you have to be a person of high integrity and it's not i'm not saying it's easy i'm not saying i'm like this necessarily even i try to be but like i think that it's you it's the opus is the opus is on you to continually vet yourself that you're yeah. that you're um that you're literally trying to uh 
talk, if that's what you're doing, you're trying, you're, you're not being manipulated by money. And it's so easy. Or being, well, it's essentially money, whereas it's from, you know, advertisers, coal mines, or even Patreon, you know, because like you said, like if Jordan or, or if you like, uh, or I or any anybody sort of started to just completely change their their what their their perspective, you'll definitely lose Patreon people. Mm. But if you legitimately have changed your perspective because you think it's the morally right way to go, that's all down to you. And like you should be, you should you really should do that. You should try to aim to be like that because you're right. You know, money inherently corrupts people I'm, I, no, money's great well, I, I love know. money yeah, that's, like, you, know I, I mean? you know I do sponsored videos and things and sometimes I wonder I'm sure you know I, should yeah. I be doing this but I'm sure you've done things where you're like shit am I gonna have you like have you thought like fuck people might uh, oh, I don't care if people say you're a sellout or whatever but as long as I'm always able to say whatever I want mm-hmm then I don't care. Then I'll do the spot. I'll do. Yeah. I'll sell it to whatever company. Well, it sure. depends what the company does. But, but that's good. I think that's. But as long as they aren't, they don't have any sort of editorial control. Now, that's, if that's I'm it. doing a singular video or a set of videos for a company, yeah, it makes sense that they're going to say, yeah. "Don't swear, don't say this, don't do that." But if they suddenly come about and say, "No, we want you to delete this podcast," I'm. I won't do it. So you have Absolutely. integrity, exactly. That's the thing. I hope, and I hope that when it, if that situation actually plays out. Mm. Whatever check is on the table, I do have the integrity because it's easy to say these things. And it be is idealistic about. Oh, it, totally. When the check is actually on the table, totally. Will you be? Uh, will you be? Will you be a man and yeah. walk away? Absolutely. And like, I, you know, I know. Look, I know that Jordan is with Future Super. I know he doesn't. He doesn't um, do any business with any of the major banks like he's he I, I see him as very legitimately like uh practicing what he preaches and like that almost ties into uh i suppose what peterson might talk about in that it's like be a person of, try to be a person of integrity it's like you can fall as he's fallen <laughs> as we all know but he's gone through and then it happens yeah but that's not it's not is, it's not about health more than anything he hasn't yeah no he got addicted to benzos yeah, so right? it's not as though oh, he's was compromised it, his... Well, he always talks about addiction and, and, and discipline and yeah. things, but... I don't no, think, he didn't compromise his morals, right? Yeah, Maybe, so yeah, like yeah. what a lot of <clears throat> self-help... Well, I, he's not really a self-help guru, but what a lot of these people preach, they it's not as though they necessarily live up to it. It's a standard they aim to live up for. Exactly. And they're saying you need to aim to live up for this standard. Yeah, yeah I hope he recovers. It looks pretty... But, horrific what he's enduring but i have to say too i'm just talking about uh journalists if yeah. you're a but music what? if you're if you're like a if you're paris hilton yeah do what the hell you want like you're, you're not aiming you're 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 not in the business of quote unquote truth and expo and, and like delivering you know unco- sometimes uncomfortable illegal dangerous situations but if, if you're not like yeah you know otherwise do what the hell you want it's just what are you meant to do if you're say a, a journalist student and or you've just graduated um and you want to make money mm. you of course yeah i understand yeah it's very hard jordan lives by his values more than anyone i've ever dude he's I, a very he's a man principled. of very high integrity he is so. he is I, w- I would call him out i swear to god i'd call him out if i but like 
how much I, of a purist? Because not everyone can live like the way Jordan no, does, right? So no. how much of a purist can you be? So if I look at some brand deals or sponsorships I've done, I, you can look at any company and find something bad about it. You can say, yes. oh, this company also sponsored this other company that that, yeah, I get that, that. did this <clears throat> thing in did, did this really unethical thing. So how uh, how much of a purist is it? I'll, feasible I'll, to be. I've got a, su- uh, in my opinion, I've got a super simple answer to that. Okay. I would say there is absolutely no rules to this at all. Do whatever you want to do. The only requirement is be honest about okay, it. Okay. I agree with that. Transparency that's, is that's a huge all I would say. thing. You know, if someone is like, look, if someone's like a journalist and they're like, look, you know, uh, I need to make a living. And like, I don't know, like uh, Cornetto was sponsoring this whole campaign and we know that they're involved with like killing orangutans in Borneo or something like that, you know, might not be ideal. And like, it might be something that you even are conflicted about. Um, but as long as if, if you do that, as long as you say, look, I, I feel I don't feel good about this, but I'm doing it because I need to do this and this is fine. At least it's about. I think it's more about being honest. I'm not fine. It's not ideal. I'm sure part of being doing the brand deal would be people gonna make a living too. Not to talk badly about that. So yeah, but like that's the thing. The diff. The only point of difference is people that like these journalists are saying like the journalists that did the hit piece on Jordan, for instance, they're saying we're the bastions of integrity and we're independent always. That's their that's their slogan. Yeah, independent always. That's a load of shit. (laughs) <laughs> if their slogan yeah. was independent sometimes, I wouldn't even care. Right. Do you know so what I mean? It's all the dishonesty. It's the dishonesty. It's not being transparent. And then like them standing on the moral high ground. Exactly. You can't... Down. Exactly. Mm. You can't say independent always when you are censored massively, even subconsciously censored. I mean, there's mm. that whole thing about... um, What's his name? Chomsky, when he's being interviewed by a BBC reporter and he's like, I am independent. I don't know. How can you say that? And he said, I don't doubt that you think you're independent. All I'm saying is you wouldn't be sitting where you're sitting right now if you didn't think what you thought. Does that make sense? Like, there's, he's making the point of, like, you have oh, been okay. sculpted. Yeah, been selected for your thoughts. Yeah, it's like you, you think you're independent, but you're well, not independent. You can get into some semantics about what do you define as independent because if someone, I know, yeah. if someone is, if someone likes fossil fuels... That's true, yeah. And then they uh, get to do the bidding of the fossil fuel... Company are they even really bought and paid for? Because they're not. They're actually no, they're, living by their principles. Dude, you know what's a perfect example of that? And yes. Jordan said this perfectly. The difference between uh, Tony Abbott and uh, Malcolm Turnbull. It was such a great example. Yeah, because Tony Abbott is a very principled man. Yeah, do you agree with those principles or not? Totally. He's he stuck he, to them his whole life. He legitimately believes, albeit what I would think a lot of crazy shit that he believes, but he legitimately believes that. Yeah, and he, you know. There's other examples to show that he's a principal guy, like RFS uh, volunteer, like, I don't know, surf lifesaver or whatever the hell. Like, he's out there. Like, yeah, he yeah. is a principled guy. He believes his shit. He believes his insane shit. Like, he believes that he genuinely thinks global warming is a hoax or something, I, I assume, or something along those lines. Would you rather have someone in power that you ideologically disagree with, but you know they're honest? Or would you rather have yes. someone that you're just not sure if honest. how honest they are? Honest all the way. So, like, even if it was Pauline, because Pauline Hanson, she clearly believes yeah. everything she says. Yeah, it's it's hard to, and that's her appeal to a lot of people. That's that was yeah. if you're the Trump, where 
though yeah. I think he is still Trump, quite I think, a charlatan. And, yeah, I, but he I gives agree, off the facade that absolutely, absolutely, he tells it like it is, and yes. he's an honest man. Yeah, he's good at so, branding. Yeah. Um, but I, and we're making emotional judgments here. We don't actually know if these people are truly no. But with like, Tony Abbott, you can look into the things he does and the way he's stuck to his guts. Because this story is about him in university where he would tear down socialist posters. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you just have to... <laughs> he was just, the original anti-SJW. Yeah, you, like. you have to look at evidence and like basically, yeah, to finish that example, Tony Abbott believes his crazy shit, at least he's honest. Malcolm Turnbull, complete opportunist bullshit artist. He applied for the... Uh, he tried to get into the Labour Party for years. They didn't want him. Mm. Then he said, oh, who will have me? The Libs. All right. I'll go with them. Complete opportunist, complete... Um, uh, complete. Uh, how would you say it? Like someone that is, someone that is uh, all about face value appearances. There's no, everything is nothing skin deep or is skin deep rather with him. Like as an example, the guy doesn't have principles. The only principle he might have is uh, some vain idea of how people perceive him and money. Mm. Um, that is not a that is not a truthful person, especially someone that's making policy. And now, and, and another, and he's flip flop on. Uh, now he's the now he's his whole thing is like he's like pushing for like how important it is for us to act on climate change. He's doing it as a PR stunt. When he was in power, he wouldn't want, didn't want to touch with a ten foot pole. So that's a perfect example for me. And and you have to use you have to look at the, mm. the their history and use your own emotional intelligence to try to actually figure out how someone is. It takes time. Like Trump was very good at I think tricking people into belief into into being like. And, you know, principles. So that that's the difference for me. And, and Do you know what I mean? And people were also disenfranchised with the mold of the polished politician. So yeah, what like, Hillary and even Biden, not so much. There's things Biden says that I think are quite funny. And he yeah, has dude, that bit of an funny. edge yeah. that is very endearing. Very good Having meme said factor. that, he is really clearly going through some dementia or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but... That facade of the politician who's held in high esteem and, Mm. you know, speaks with poise and decorum and and is just a symbol of... Corporate, uh, like American. Purity and... Oh, yeah, yeah. Not even corporate, but he's... They're like, they're like polished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, yeah, yeah. people was, were so sick of those sorts of people. Fall, mm. I think... I was too. I, f- falling for that because you, yeah. know, you hear Obama speak and... So I don't know a lot about the. I'm not as invested in um, politics as other people, but yeah, no, I mean, you do hear you you do have an emotional attachment to someone like Obama. You think, my goodness, he's an incredibly charismatic. Speaker. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, don't you think? Don't you think like everyone just misses Obama? <laughs> they just like come back. Like I miss how comfortable they made. Yeah, he was a. Uh, whereas Trump's a bit more of an unknown. Yeah, but I mean, some people like there's there's a bit of a lure to that. Yeah. Look, this is what I think with. For, like in that, on that topic, I would say what Trump did is Trump kind of ran on Bernie's at least, you know, Trump and Bernie appealed to people for the sim, even though they're so different for a similar reason, which was like essentially they were both saying, let's drain the swamp, let's get lobbyists and corporate America like out of um, politics. Like this is just the same shit on repeat. Like they're not accountable. But both of them, was saying that. Yeah. And I totally agree with all that. Um it's just that it it's just that uh it seems that Trump Trump didn't even really do it. 
He didn't do it. I and mean, I, you know what? You know, I thought he actually might. Because I was like, I was like the Dave Chappelle thing of like, let's give him a chance. Because I was like, fuck. He's legitimately a wild card. I was like, maybe he will drain the swamp. Next minute, he lines his cabinet with Goldman Sachs employees. I'm like, oh, well, okay, that didn't fucking happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he kind of conned everyone. And I, again, there's certain things he did that were good. I think he canned the TPP. He was considered as having like some of the most like decent international policy in terms of like war. and. But generally speaking, he, man, like- He didn't really you know, stick to his main promises of building the wall and- yeah, I don't even know about it to be honest. But the, I don't. He's put some tariffs on China. Oh, look again. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all but, of it. But, but basically, to get back to what you're saying, and the there's truth, only so the much a president because there's so many branches of the American government. So there's so you many are checks aligned. and balances. There is something about the fact you are aligned to a party position. There's certain so lines you have to toe. Yeah. If Turnbull wanted to do more action on climate change, but the Liberal Party position was, we don't then do you think you're still being principled if well what do you because if are you then there to represent are you just the leader of that party or are you there to to be the individual leader that has the vision what's no well obviously it's like a mix but i think starting from a place of integrity is like pant panamount like 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 if you don't if you're not truthful and have integrity at the beginning all the rest doesn't matter. It's like, mm. it's kind of just like playing chess blind. It's like, eh, yeah, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. And it's like, that is not a good place to start. You know, yeah. I think that integrity and truth, if those things aren't governing most people in lives, even if you're a baker, mm. it's like going in blind. It's like, you got no, you got no path of life. It's like, yeah. So uh, I was just going to say, it's easy to be dishonest because the uh, advantage you gain is huge. Yeah. If you want to be a drug dealer, you make a ton of money. Absolutely. If you want to go and steal, you probably yeah. make a lot of money and it probably wouldn't be that hard. If you were somewhat smart, you can get away with a lot of this stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I would say that stuff's morally wrong. But like I said, like uh, if you want to do something that's morally wrong and you stand by it, you know, sometimes you got to do that shit. Just be honest. But Just I don't, don't think, lie. I think when people do things that are perceived as morally wrong, in their mind, they think they're justified in doing it. So, you like, you talk, there was an experiment where they talked to a lot of rapists and, and murderers and they all felt justified in doing it. Like, they'll say, yeah, I did it, but I did it because XXX. They weren't saying, oh, I compromised my values by doing this. So Some people, yeah, yeah. People do have very different perceptions of what is right and wrong. That's true. That's so, true. yeah, well, then you get into a whole new can of wins there, and we do have to wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Miss Love, I just want to say thank you very much for uh, sitting in for Jordan for, for, Thanks, this, yeah. uh, for this episode. We're going to do one more. Uh, guys, thank you for listening. Thanks for having me. Please subscribe if you haven't already. And... We'll see you next time with our special guest, Miss Love, one more time. Thanks so much, man. Thanks so much for having me. Bye, guys.